This morning we're going to be in the book of John chapter 11. Then I want to preach for just a few moments on the topic of take away the stone. John chapter 11 verses 38 through 44. Verse 38, then Jesus again groaning in himself came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. And Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. And Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me and I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. Last week as we began breaking down this word, uh, we talked about everything being for the glory of God. It's all for the glory of God. And as we look at this set of scriptures, at the beginning of this chapter, Jesus receives word from Martha and Mary that Lazarus is sick. Now, that's not the amazing thing because people get sick, amen? Uh, but the amazing thing is it talked about how much Jesus loved Lazarus and how much he loved Martha and Mary, yet it says, so he waited two more days. Now, for us, that seems very strange. Uh, as we look at that, we think, why would Jesus wait? Jesus always waits for him to receive all of the glory and all of the honor. Uh, as we look at this passage, if he had went when Lazarus was merely sick, God would not have received as much glory as if he waited until Lazarus was dead. You know, sometimes as we observe what God does and how Jesus moves, we come to an application that God sometimes moves in strange ways. His ways are higher than our ways. His plans are deeper than our plans. And sometimes God shows us that he loves us in a very strange way. He shows us that uh, he wants to help us to accomplish our God-given goal, which is to glorify God in all that we do. How many knows when we are on the mountaintop? And everything's going good. And you got plenty of money in your pocket. And you're not sick. And uh, your kids are acting right instead of acting up. It's not hard to trust the Lord then. And you're on the mountaintop. But whenever things get hard and things get difficult, it challenges our faith to believe that God can still do something in the midst of a desperate time and a desperate season in our life. So Jesus allows 
difficult times in our life. He helps us by allowing those times in our life to draw closer to him to help us grow. And then as we look at this passage, and we didn't talk about this last week, but Jesus literally tells his disciples, I was glad that I was not there so that you would believe. Wow. Seems almost uncaring, unconcerned about Lazarus and Martha and Mary, but Jesus has a purpose and a plan for your difficult times. He has a purpose and a plan for your valley experiences and valley seasons than he does for the mountaintop. And the lesson that we take from this is that in everything we do and everything we say, and here it is, everything we go through is for the glory of God. See, I'm not staying there. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm not going to stay there. I'm going through it. So Jesus arrives there, and he comes to Martha. Martha is the practical woman. She's the woman who fed the people, the disciples. She's the one who cooked the food. She's the one who said, Jesus, why don't you make Mary come and help me do this work? And so she's very matter-of-fact. And she tells Jesus, essentially, that I'm disappointed in you. Can we talk to the Lord that way? I don't know if we can or not, but I sure have, just to be honest with you. Sometimes the Lord might disappoint us in that He didn't do it like we thought He ought to do it. The lesson that we need to learn is that quit telling the Lord how to do it and let God uh, receive the glory and the honor. So Martha expresses her disappointment. If you had been here, Lord, Lazarus would not have died. My brother would still be alive. But even now, even now, I know whatever you ask from God, he will give it to you. Was that a little bit of faith on Martha's part? Maybe a little glimmer of hope. We don't, we don't really know exactly what she is thinking, but Maybe there's a little faith that is kind of resilient inside of her, and it's, it's saying, well, even now, but yet she, when Jesus says he's going to rise again, Martha says, I know he's going to do that in the future. I know about the resurrection, but she didn't. She had futuristic faith, but not now faith. Look at your neighbor and say, you've got to have now faith. Even now kind of faith. Now faith, the Bible tells us in Hebrews, is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. So there are times when we have to have faith that God is going to do it right now. Faith. Faith is important. Faith for today, not just for the future. And then he meets Mary right at the graveside. And she says the same thing, if. How many knows that if is not a statement of faith? If you had been here, Lord, Lazarus would not have died. And here's Mary kneeling at the feet of Jesus. We sometimes make the word so mundane and so generic, and she is crying her eyes out. Lord, if you'd only been here. 
brother would not have died. She's hurt. She's disappointed. She is troubled at all of this. And the Bible says that Jesus groans, that he's troubled. That means that in the Greek, it means he was angry. He was agitated. Why? Was it because of their lack of belief? Was it uh, because of uh, the power of uh, sin that brings us all to death? Because of sin, we all die is what we see in Genesis chapter 3. Jesus groans. I believe maybe it was both. There's always onlookers. Not people who are willing to get in there with you, but they said to, about Jesus, could he not? He who healed the blinded eyes, could he not have kept Lazarus from dying? And there's more to that than we grasp at first because they were questioning the love of Jesus. They were saying if you had just showed up, if you had showed your love for him, then uh, he wouldn't be in this situation and we wouldn't be the, by the grave. Questioning his love. How many knows that love is a steadfast thing that God gives to us? He gives it to us when we don't deserve it. His love is one of those truths. We teach it to our children, like I said last week, but do we really get it that Jesus loves us? And then it tells us that Jesus came to the tomb. And when I read that, can I tell you that my heart was just touched? Because I put myself in the place of Martha and Mary and those Jews who loved Lazarus too. And Jesus comes to the tomb. He's with them. He doesn't leave them. He doesn't say, I'm too busy. I've got too many good things to do. I'll send somebody else in my place. No, he comes to the tomb. Can I tell you that God is with you when you go through the hardest thing you'll ever go through in your life? I believe it to be when you stand by the grave of your loved one. And he's there. And the hardest of all times. In the bleakest of all times, in the times when we're struggling with our faith, in times when we don't understand how, how Lord, uh, are you getting the glory for this? How, how am I supposed to react in this situation? But Jesus showed up. Aren't you glad that he showed up? In your life, he showed up in the, the darkest of times. He showed up for you and for me. As a pastor, I've watched so many families sitting by the graveside of their loved ones. And I don't know how they would have made it. But God. But God. His comfort, His strength. He comes alongside of us. He shows up when nobody else seems to be there. Jesus loves us and His love is unconditional. His love is powerful. His love is mighty. He's right there with us. His presence is there. In His presence, there's peace beyond measure. In His presence, there is an anchor for our soul. In His presence, we know that the Lord will go all the way with us. Aren't you glad He's steadfast? He goes all the way with us. And Jesus comes to the tomb, and they have laid a stone up against the tomb. And he tests their faith. And he challenges them. Take away the stone. 
and Martha, again, the practical one. She says, by now it's going to stink. It's going to be offensive. You see, some of the things that we encounter in our life, they just simply are not pleasant. But Jesus is there with us. He's there beside of us. And can I tell you that statement of take away the stone, it was way beyond Martha's comfort zone. It was way beyond her arena of faith. He had been there for four days. It's too late. It's hopeless. It's dark. It's ugly. But you see, there's power in exposing those circumstances to the Lord. It seems like the last two messages have been very real and very raw. God is not afraid of those ugly, bleak, dark places in your life. And he comes along beside you, but not just to be with you there. At times he comes along in his miracle-working power, and he challenges us, take away the stone, remove it. That's a challenge. Take it away. Expose it to the Lord. Because if you do, if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. What a powerful thought. Not only is Jesus just with us, but when we stretch our faith and we believe that he comes alongside that and he cooperates with our faith, he's still the one doing the miracle, but he requires human obedience. If you would believe, you would see the glory of God. And so I, I come this morning to tell somebody that if you would just believe that you will see the glory of God. Well, we don't understand the glory of God, but the Amplified tells us that you will see the expression of His excellence. He is excellent. There is nobody better than my Jesus. He is powerful. He is mighty. He is glorious. He can do things that nobody else can do. The impossible becomes possible with Jesus. He's there. You see, no circumstance, no situation, uh, no sickness, no disease, no power, no enemy, no, not even death is too great for our God. Woo. If you will believe, you will see the glory of God revealed. How many want to see that in your life? You, you see, it's a circumstance and a situation where God can show up and you have a testimony and nobody can deny what God has done in your life for you. He's still a miracle worker. He still sets people free. He still delivers. He still uh, does all of those things. He challenges Martha. Mary, if you would just believe. You see, they listened to his word. They did it. It reminds me of Peter, that same Peter who fished all night with his buddies. And they were experienced, professional fishermen. And they got nothing, nada. No results whatsoever. And Jesus simply comes to them and he says, if you'll just cast your net on the other side of the ship, then you'll bring in a hull, the glory of God being revealed that you would never have imagined. So 
they were challenged in their faith. How many feel challenged in your faith this morning? To believe God, no matter what, He is able. No matter where we find ourselves. And there lies the stone. It takes more than one person to remove a stone that has been placed over the tomb. And so I don't know who does it. I don't know if it's Martha and Mary. I don't know if it's the Jews. I don't know what happens, but there is that stone, and they take it away. In the Bible, stones praise the Lord. If we don't praise the Lord, the Bible tells us that even the rocks would cry out. And here's a stone speaking, but it's not lining up with the Word of God because the people have put it there. And it's saying, this is impossible. Hear what the stone is saying. It's saying, we have done everything we know how to do, and it's over. Anybody ever said it's over? It's done. I, I don't know what to do. I got, I've got to leave it in Jesus' hands. There's no breath. There's no heartbeat. A death, uh, the, the stone is speaking that death is too powerful to overcome. He's still wrapped in grave clothes, and he stinks. You ever gone through a situation that just flat stunk? Wasn't fair? Didn't feel right? You wondered how God would ever get the glory from this. And that stone was speaking all of those things. He's decaying. He stinks. It's over. But with Jesus, it's never over. It's never too late. I'm preaching to somebody this morning. It's never too late. It's never over when Jesus steps into the scene and he speaks his word and we obey and God challenges our faith and he moves in the miraculous. One of those old sayings is it's not over till the fat lady sings. Huh. It's not over till Jesus says it's over. He's on the throne. He's the one that sets the parameters of what he will do, not us. And Jesus prayed. Can I just be real? Sometimes when you're in the middle of this situation is when it's the hardest to pray. That's when you need people to pray with you and for you. If you've been there, you know what I'm saying. And Jesus prayed. And then he shouted. He must have been Pentecostal. Lazarus, come forth. And what happened was that Lazarus did come forth. I, I, I still to this day, I don't know how it happened. I don't know if Lazarus' body began to levitate up out of that tomb. I don't know if maybe like me, that he was kind of shuffling his feet, but he was coming out of there. I don't know how it happened, but it happened. And Jesus raised him from that grave. When Jesus calls you out, you come out. It doesn't matter if the tomb has been sealed up. It doesn't matter how dark the situation, the death, the turmoil that might be there. When Jesus calls you out, you come out. Hmm. He was no longer dead. He was alive. You see, I believe the power of Jesus' word is what raised Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus, come out, come forth. For the power of Jesus' words are so powerful that I believe that if he had not specified, Lazarus, you come out, 
that all the graves in that area would have sprung forth and the dead would have come to life because of the power of the words of Jesus Christ. And so it's with that thought that I look at you and say, come out. Come out. Darlene, come out. Steve, come out. Tiffany and Brenda, come out. You're no longer trapped. You're no longer bound. You are set free. He said it. I believe it. It is so. I want to close with this. When I was downstairs just looking over my notes, the Lord brought to my attention that when Lazarus came out, he was still in death clothes, burial clothes, wrapped up. Aren't you glad that God can free us from those situations? But it wasn't Lazarus that set himself free. Jesus told them, go and take off the wrappings. You see, we are here for the benefit and the blessing of others. If there are people in your life who are addicted and bound and and just overcome by the enemy, speak the words of Christ into their life. Come out of that. But when we come to Jesus, we still have on our death clothes. So many times we say these thoughts, and I've literally had people say, when I get my act together, Pastor, I'm coming to church. You got it all backwards. Come on up out of that grave of sin and despair. Come on up out of that and let the people of God help you get set free. We who were dead in our trespasses and sin have become alive in Christ Jesus. If you're here this morning and you've never known Christ as your Savior, last week I said it like this. If you've tried to control your life and your circumstances, how is that going for you? Probably not very well. But hear the words of Jesus. Come out of sin. Come out of trying to do it your own way. If you are saved, come out of the sickness. Come out and be set free. 